And you're listening. And you're listening. You're listening to Sam and Hank. Sam and Sam. Sam. To Sam and Radio. Hello from beautiful Homer, Alaska, on the shores of Kachemak Bay, the unceded lands of the Danina and Supiak people. We're your hosts, Dave Applin. And Satchel Pandolfino. Here to share with you another hour of fish, fun, and music. We're diving into episode eight with an artist feature of Matt Embry. He's a solo artist that has a really broad spectrum of genres that he's influenced by and that you can pick up in his music. But primarily, I'd say he's alt rock. Sometimes his recorded stuff sounds like sublime and other times it's like a little more like a more steady, slower beat. Kind of reflective, introspective. Yeah, yeah, he he is reflective and introspective, and you'll hear that in our interview, but I think you'll enjoy his music too. So we're going to dive into that in a second, but stay tuned for after that interview and his music because we have some really great Salmon Champions and an awesome story we want to share with you today. Satchel, our Salmon Champions this week are Sam Schimmel and Natalie Sattler. They've been involved in an amazing program that many of our listeners might have heard of. It's called Operation Salmon Drop that brought 12,000 pounds of sockeye fillets to indigenous folks throughout South Central Alaska in these uh, covid times when many folks weren't able to get out and, and pursue salmon in their traditional ways. It's a great story. I'm excited to share it. Let's dive in. There's a girl in an Oh, she stares into my eyes. Say she kissed me tender. I say that I don't need it now, but I know it's a lie. Lately, I've been lonely. I couldn't tell you why. She lives without emotion. She makes me better only for the night. Only for the night. Only for a Only for the Body is marked on mine. Oh, I only hope. I say that I don't need it now, but I know it's a damn lie, and I swear that it's the last time that I lay down with her. Oh no, she holds me when I'm shaking. She makes 
Matthew Embry. I am from Long Beach, California, which is Southern California. That's South LA for those who don't know. Um, and I'm in Alaska for my very first time. Um, it's the 50th state that I've been to. So I just completed my 50 out of 50. Dang. Yesterday. Have you I performed landed. in each of those states? I yes. Right on. Performed in every state. Except I was trying to remember last night where I played in North Dakota, so maybe I haven't played in North Dakota. But I probably have, but maybe not. <laughs> well, what do you think of Alaska so far? I love it so far. What's what stood out to you as like different from other places you've played? <clears throat> um, not, not so much different, but just so much vast nature. Uh, just on first, you know, view, so much life. Um, it seems... And maybe it's just the Homer thing, or maybe the Salmon Fest, but everyone seems more laid back, slower. Um, but also, I think, you know, in California, especially Southern California, we are all stacked on top of each other. I don't think it's human nature to be 
in that much of a vicinity to other people. I think it's like deep in our DNA to have space. Mm. And when you don't have space, you get anxiety. Mm. Um, and I feel like there's just more space up here. And that so I, yeah, I just get that feeling from people. People mm. seem like just outwardly more generous. Mm. Um, but again, I've only been here for a day. So maybe people are gonna start robbing me soon. Well, it sounds like you got the right vibe there. Yeah, I think All right. so. Have you right. had any uh, salmon yet? Have you had a I haven't had any taste? salmon yet. Do you yet. eat fish? I do eat fish. Yeah. I had a halibut taco. It was excellent. I haven't had any salmon yet. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Do you, um, so a lot of what our festival is about is salmon conservation. Yep. And we were founded uh, about eight years ago or so about this mine called the Pebble Mine. Are you familiar with that? I am familiar issue? with it. When I got the show, I read up on all that stuff. Right on. What's, it kind of blows me away that like still in 2019 this kind of still happens. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of crazy to me that like there's so, so much data and like obvious um, detrimental effects to the earth and then uh, indirectly and directly human beings mm -hmm. and like the, our future children, etc, uh, etc. Et but then we still do it. Right. You know, as, as humans, we still do it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's, it's really weird, but I get it. You know, people want more money to buy more stuff. What kind of sense do you have of like how people in California generally understand these issues, but especially about salmon? Like, so for instance, like California has lost a lot of salmon Definitely. runs over the years and same mm -hmm. with the Pacific Northwest. Do you have a feeling about like how people understand that issue in California? <clears throat> I think generally, especially Northern Californianers are really pretty on top of it. Um, there's quite a bit of a movement to conserve clean water in Northern California, uh, especially like Shasta, yeah. that area. Um, that's been a huge area of contention, but there's been a lot of like progress, especially recently. Mm. So I think people are generally on top of it. And then Southern California is definitely coming around as well because, you know, we have we've had so many droughts yeah. and <clears throat> fires. The LA, so many fires and the LA River in general is siphoned off in so many ways. Um, that I mean, it's like a trickle by the time it gets to LA, mm -hmm. and um, I think I think people are I think California in general is pretty pretty up on it. But whether how much of people's actual life they will give mm -hmm. to devote to something like that is you know it's yeah. questionable. It varies from person to person for sure. But as far as like knowing about what's going on up here in Alaska, like I don't think most people know what's up. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I didn't know until. Like I said, I got the show and I read about it. Right on. Well, we hope that you'll carry some of that knowledge with you from Alaska and, and share will. it with your, your folks. What's uh, Who are some bands you're excited to see this weekend? Are you staying for the whole weekend or are you just in, in for today? Um, I'm just in for today. Uh, we're going to go on some Dave, my friend Dave over here uh -huh. and his wife Julia. They, I'm staying with them. Uh, Dave's a pilot, among other things. He's a, he's a man of renaissance. He's a man, a great man of leisure and renaissance, and uh, he flew me here in his new Cessna. Not new, but old new. Uh huh. 1979, right? from the 70s, yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome. That is, that's um, the treatment. Yeah, yeah. and um, so he's, he's going to take us on some adventures. They're going to take us on some adventures. Um, hopefully see a bear, but not too close. It's a good chance. I've seen some black bears in California. We don't have brown the bears. You'll find some browns. Yeah. yeah? yeah. Oh yeah. Where, what about the grizzlies? Where are all the grizzlies at? Right over there. Yep. Okay. Yeah. They got. There should be some good silver runs here in the next couple weeks. Thanks, Matt, for taking our messages of clean water and healthy salmon to heart. 
we're glad that you're excited about sharing that in your communities down south. And we really like your music. Let's hear another tune. You got a reason. The goal is to give you a right. The vacuum of space is akin to perception of time. Rejects the assertion to love only what you can own. Aren't you leaving in your lost lover? Oh, yeah. 
politicians want what we need right now is love we had enough of the military school what we need right now is the future is sound in the hands who write the textbooks ignorance is spread when falsified thinking is taught to our youth instead of past mistakes in my elevation like the graves that manifest destiny and create so we could build our capitalist consumer-based economy to build market and sell commodities we don't need but we are trained to believe just like celebrity imagery and so i'm here to take my feelings back and i hope that you'll be with me i can't wait for the day when i hear a soul screaming ah, wait for the day till i hear a soul singing together can we for the day till I use saw singing? Uh, 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 I can wait for the day till I use saw singing together. Take it with 
speed stand up Feels so good and force out to the true meaning Because right now we got our feet stuck in cement With the call up in the material status quo punishment One thing is rich and that's the sun will always set Darling, you can bear moves, quite the opposite Baby, take a nice to you, make a kid Set up place to build what's in the advertisement Love with all your heart and never forget How good it feels to be alive and just strive for your desire Cause you can't see okay doesn't mean that you are free When the laws against nature, but it's okay for us to be addicted to over the kind of prescription Magazine take that out of a human relation Not bad, no one to give it in To a culture that objectifies all of our women's I'm not bad, no one to get to me Everything to dribble on the news with his chin Not bad, no one to give in To the lies that it's all in text, but your children say I'm not bad, no one to get to me Positive will always overcome the negative and you know We're going to introduce you to Sam Schimmel and Natalie Sattler. They work together with a number of other folks and organizations to pull off Operation Salmon Drop this spring, which brought pounds and pounds of salmon to uh, indigenous people here in South Central Alaska. So I'm Sam Schimmel, Nazi Indian and Siberian Yupik Eskimo from Kenai, Alaska. Where I come from, our communities revolve around the ocean. I've grown up in a fishing family. I run a fishing and ecotourism business out of the Kenai Peninsula. Uh, my uncles are all commercial fishermen. I grew up catching fish, cleaning fish, putting up fish, and eating fish in our native way. I remember my uncle sitting me down when I was about six years old when we were out in Gamble. And uh, we were sitting on the beach and we were, uh, we were hunting. And he told me to look out over the, the ocean and he said that. That's our grocery store. The people on the outside don't understand that that right there is our grocery store and we need to protect it. We need to live with it and it will provide for us. And so I've always thought of our fish and our animals as our food, our sustenance. And so when it comes to salmon, that's where so many of the traditions in my culture revolve around is salmon, is smoking fish, is catching fish, is cleaning fish, uh, down to the way that you butterfly a fish with an oolah so that way you can hang it properly. Fish are ingrained in who we are and ingrained in what it means to be native in Alaska. Operation Salmon Drop came about uh, as a way to address food insecurities for our native populations that uh, were negatively impacted by COVID. This project came about as a, as a partnership 
between a lot of different groups. But it was it was thanks to Alaskan Zone, Alaska Sustainable Fisheries Trust, and Alaska Longline Fishermen's Association. I am Natalie Sattler, and I am the program director for the Alaska Longline Fishermen's Association and the Alaska Sustainable Fisheries Trust. And we also have a program called Alaskan Zone. And that's sort of the overarching program that helped fund these seafood donations. We are the first community supported fishery in the state of Alaska. So we started about 12 years ago and we provide both monthly seafood shares to five communities, mostly in Alaska and Seattle, with a selection of seafood. And then we also do direct to consumer marketing and seafood sales. All of our profits go to our new seafood donation program, which started last March, as well as our fishery conservation programs. We've been working on seafood donations for the past year once the pandemic hit, and we realized the importance of getting healthy protein to those who are food insecure due to low salmon runs, but also just because people weren't out there and fishermen weren't getting paid because of the pandemic. I was put in touch with Sam through Elizabeth Herndine with Salmon State, and we were planning a big fish distribution in Anchorage. And so we came up with Operation Fish Drop, which originally intended to give elders and families 50 pounds of fresh frozen sockeye and individuals 25 pounds. And we partnered with the Alaska Native Heritage Center to run a distribution from their parking lot. When we announced the event and sent out the interest form, in just four hours, we had over 500 people respond. Within a day, we had over a thousand who had reached out and had demonstrated their interest and the need for them to be able to receive salmon. And so uh, seeing this overwhelming need we reduced the distribution to be 25 pounds per elder, individual, or family. This project was not only to address the food insecurities that were present and were exacerbated by COVID, but also to address the, the cultural impacts that the lack of access to our traditional foods has on our native populations. I know when I'm down at school or when I'm somewhere else and I don't have access to our traditional foods, I'm, I'm sad. Many times I've talked to my elders and my aunties and my uncles who are in their 80s, and the only thing that they ever ask for uh, is for us to bring them fish or us to bring them seal or us to bring them our traditional foods. And when we sit down and we eat those traditional foods, that's when our stories come out. That's when our uh, traditions are shared, and that's when we learn the most. And so this project really was uh, duplicative in nature. One, to address the reality that some people did not have access to food, and then two, to address the reality that because of that lack of access to our traditional food, uh, we weren't getting access to our culture. Sam's had been working with lots of different groups and were definitely in need of a large amount of fish. And I kept calling them and being like, well, could you take this much? Could you take this much? This was all sockeye, um, filleted sockeye that came from Bristol Bay. We're working with a processor called Northline Seafoods. They're actually based out of Sitka, but they have a reprocessing plant in Seattle. And so the fish is caught, it's headed and gutted in Bristol Bay. And 90% of the fishermen that they work with are Alaska natives. And then it is sent down to Seattle and it's reprocessed, goes through this really fancy process of just, you know, getting it ready again. And then we had to just keep working with the processor. Um, when would it be ready? How do we want it? And then when is it going to get to Anchorage? Um, so just lots of different steps involved. 
Sam can kind of talk about more on the ground, and that was like the more exciting part. I really wish I was there. This project was really one of partnerships. Uh, it was the partnerships that allowed this to, to happen. In the beginning, it started with uh, calling up my tribe and other tribes in the area to see if we could get suburbans so that way we could haul fish. And as that number grew, we realized that uh, you can't really fit 12,000 pounds of fish into the back of a 15-seat suburban. And if you try and do that, you're going to need about 20 of them. And so as the project grew, the number of partners grew as well. One of the key hurdles that we had to overcome was, was cold storage. It took a few weeks to find it. I called just about every fish processor in Anchorage and asked them to, to donate their freezers, but 10 of them stepped up, and Bannon over there said that we could store fish with them. Uh, when it came time to run a distribution, I called around to CRA to CITC, and they put me in touch with Emily, the director of the Heritage Center, and we talked, and she donated her space so that we could run a fish drop in their drive through when it came time to supply resources, I reached out to Cook Inlet Tribal Council, and they also stepped up. And they got U-Haul trucks, they brought personnel, they brought in volunteers and, and helped with distribution and helped with filling in all of those little gaps that existed. And so by partnering with the groups that we did, like CITC, like Salamantoff, like Knights Indian Tribe and Heritage Center, as well as South Central Foundation, and so many more, we were able to get out the word in such a way that Native Alaska responded and said, this, this is a program that addresses our real needs. Operation Fish Drop was designed to provide a uniquely Alaskan solution to an Alaskan problem. We're taking fish from our communities further away in Bristol Bay and bringing it to our communities in the Anchorage area. It's a common sense solution. We as Native people, we spoke and said, we want fish. We don't want food stamps. We want access to our traditional food. And so in terms of building sustainable programming that addresses food insecurity, we need to ensure that there's access to our traditional foods. And this is a program that does that. Sam has certainly described a tremendously successful program. And in fact, during the interview, he pulled out his phone and played a video clip of some of the reactions he'd gotten. This is so amazing because we didn't get to go home to go fishing this summer because of the pandemic. And to get this amount of fish, I'm just happy. I almost want to cry. Thank you. Thank you very much. It, it was the expressions of our elders that really were what made this so meaningful. Uh, here's another woman talking about sharing fish with her family and with community. Very thankful for this fish right here. It's going to help feed my family. It's going to feed my grandchildren. I'm going to share it with some friends because that's what we do in our, our, our culture. And it's almost Easter time. And it's been a long winter with no fish. <laughs> so thank you very much. This is really going to help. How do we measure success? We ended up giving fish out to about 500 families and individuals and elders, uh, with the total population being served by that, right around 1,200 people were able to, to get fish into their freezers and have access to our traditional foods. 
The numbers weren't the only way Sam wanted to measure the program's success. They set up a survey to get direct feedback from people who had received the fish to find out how it impacted their lives. In that survey, we asked, what will this fish mean for you and your family? And one of the things that stuck with me was there was an elder who said her kids were of the age that they needed to learn how to put up fish in our traditional ways. But because of the pandemic, they weren't able to go to fish camp this year. And so their kids weren't able to learn how to put up fish when it was the right time for them to learn. And that this donation, that those 25 pounds of fish were going to allow her to teach her kids her traditional ways. Uh, another one that sticks out in my mind was somebody who was uh, 20, 20 years old. And they had written down that this fish was going to give them energy to be able to go to work and to support their family of four because their father had just been laid off because of coronavirus, uh, because of the pandemic. And it, it wasn't only those stories, but it was the smiles on the faces of our elders as they came through and the smiles on the faces of little kids who sat in the backs of the cars as we loaded up fish. Uh, time and time again, we heard so much laughter and happiness in the voices of people coming. There was uh, one lady from Point Hope uh, who was 82 years old, and she almost cried, and she said uh, she was so thankful for the fish because it meant that she would be able to cook her grandkids' fish every morning because that's what they wanted to eat for breakfast, that she would be able to tell them stories about fish camp and let them taste a little bit of home when they were far away from it. So that's really what sits with me in, in the end of this, this project. But then there is also a, a sad component to that, which is that while we were able to serve about 1,200 people, there's still another 1,200 families who said that they needed access to our traditional foods and that we weren't able to get to. So I, I hope to be able to continue this project to meet those needs. We hope that this program will continue beyond. It's not just one and done. And again, we're just happy to be able to provide, you know, this locally harvested, processed, high quality seafood and build these connections at the same time. It just makes us feel good. It makes us feel good to be doing good work. <laughs> In addition to helping deal with food insecurity, there were a number of co-benefits that radiated out through this project. And so not only is it like we just want to get food on people's plate, we want to be able to help provide that opportunity for them to keep sharing their cultural traditions, um, to fill their freezers. And at the same time, this helps support our local fishermen too, because we are filling in that gap where they may have not been able to sell their seafood the past year because restaurants were closed or the price per pound of fish was low. So we help supplement those prices from the processors, which was really great that we could do that. And then also it just gets this message out to, you know, our local, our state and our national leaders that people are food insecure and that there's a lot of work that still needs to be done. There is a clear need to continue this project. There's a clear need to continue to supply traditional food sourced from Alaska to native Alaskans facing food insecurity. Food insecurity is something that's not new. We had food insecurity before the pandemic, and we'll have it after the pandemic. 
So we need to create long-lasting solutions that allow access to our first foods into the future. And so in terms of continuing operation of Fish Shop, there's uh, a few things. One, we need to find more funding to be able to make it happen again. We need to expand our partnerships so as we can reach a larger portion of Alaska Natives. And we need to continue to foster our relationships with the partners that we currently have. But really, that it's that first one that serves as a barrier right now, which is finding funding to be able to make this happen again. You know, we're going to continue to write grants. And then again, our Alaskans own seafood sales. All of our profits go towards the seafood donation. So getting people to buy seafood, <laughs> too, in other parts of the country and really feeling like they're part of something bigger and understanding that. So sharing those stories are really important, sharing Sam's story. Sam has been amazing to work with. We hope to continue, you know, this partnership. We're hoping to get more seafood, more funding, and, you know, hopefully we'll get more people on board too that want to help out. And of course, there are plenty of ways you can help out. You can find more information about this program from the Alaska Sustainables Fisheries Trust at their website, thealaskatrust.org. And you can volunteer to fight food insecurity locally. See how you can get involved, even volunteer at your local food bank or donate to your local food bank or food pantry. Find ways to donate not only money, but time and support programs like this coming to your communities. Figure out if you have need that's present in your community and try to address it through programs that use Alaskan solutions. The ability for us to continue to subsist relies on the stewardship of our resources. If we do not take care of our rivers and our ecosystems, then we will not have access to our fish, access to our land, access to new to the nutrition of the ocean. And so in eating salmon and engaging in these projects, what we're doing is reminding Alaskans what the good of our fisheries and what the good of our wilderness is. That taste of home is reliant on us protecting that home. That continuation of our culture is reliant on us protecting the resources that allow us to practice our culture. And so in addressing food insecurity, I hope that we also remind people of the position that we're in with our fisheries and the need for sustainable management of them uh, and the protection of our uh, of our fisheries as well. A big thank you to Sam and Natalie for all the work that they've done to pull off this incredible act of mutual aid in our community during the pandemic. Hey, Satchel, I think it's time we made our way over to Jammin' for Salmon. I love the Jammin' for Salmon segment, Dave. Who do we have? What do you got in there? What's, what, what do you got stored up there in your Jammin' for Salmon portfolio? Well, we truly have a band that is Jammin' long-term as jam bands do. <laughs> this is a Dead Fish Orchestra, a great mashup band of Grateful Dead and Fish fusion music for those that enjoy such a thing. Right. I consider myself one of them. And I consider you one of them as well. <laughs> uh, uh, well, let's see. Hopefully the audience considers themselves one of them as well. Otherwise, just roll with it or turn it down. <laughs> turn it down or turn it up. Here it is, Jammin' for Salmon with 
Dead Fish Orchestra.
stuck back in the bottle Oh, 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 oh,
another great show dave wow wasn't that fun i need to lay down <laughs> really i feel energized well i do too i'm gonna lay down in an energetic way but uh, uh thanks everybody for sticking with us for another episode of salmon fest radio we've got to thank pastor tim and brian belay for getting our live recordings from salmon fest 2019 we would certainly like to thank kbbi for the use of the equipment and we would be remiss without mentioning cook inlet keeper for shepherding this project we'd like to thank our band feature today matt Embry, who was interviewed by brandon hill and our salmon champions sam schimmel and natalie sattler and of course we'd like to thank the woman that keeps this show running Kira Hardy, our fearless and dedicated producer. And to close off the show, we'd like to thank the coordinators and sponsors and organizers of the festival we all love, Salmon Fest. Thank you, Salmon Fest team. And if you like the show, if you missed a bit and like to go back and hear things again, or if you'd like to share it with your friends, you can do that by finding our podcast wherever you find your podcast. Also, if you like it, share it with your friends, subscribe, and rate. It goes a long way. But for now... Spawn on, Alaska. This is Matt Embry, and you're listening to Salmon Fest Radio. 